Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Inside CHSL. Right off the bat, we want to remind you to subscribe. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search Inside CHSL on Google as well. And follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL. Jeremy Edel alongside Brendan Johnson again here today. Uh, I thought you were going to say Inside Congested and maybe even more <laughs> congested is that that cold, that virus is yeah. coming back around for you know, maybe a second time here, but no, good to be back. Episode seven, a lot of great stuff going on, some championships that are upon us here soon. Uh, so it should be another great week here on the pod. Well, let's dive right into it. J&B's top highlights from the previous week. We start with volleyball here today. Well, yeah, we look back at a fall sport and it's funny. Walking in today to record the podcast, the snow that had fallen all kind of melted and there were some workers outside that were blowing leaves. Mm-hmm. And it smelt like fall. And it put me in a great mood walking in today. And now we start off talking about a fall sport. Maybe this is all falling into place for a reason. But uh, Jess Merzik, uh, of course, of Mercy, the state champions, uh, named the National Volleyball Player of the Year for high school volleyball players. And just an incredible, incredible honor for her. We we had her on for one of our test podcasts as we were getting started with this process and just talking to her about her team, her personal accomplishments, a very talented player on a very talented team, and just add this to the list of accolades. Yeah, the first ever volleyball player as well at Mercy. Think about, you know, Mercy has a good program. Along with Marin, you you stack them up right at the top for top programs in the state in the Catholic League, but uh, they retired her number 33, and that's the first time the Marlins have ever done that for volleyball. So that's a really cool feat. And just reading the story about how that happened as well in terms of her getting her number retired, or and not getting her number retired, but, you know, finding out that she's player of the year, you know, she goes back, to Mercy and think she's getting an interview done about, you know, the state championship season and how special that was. And they right. surprise her and say, hey, you're the national volleyball player of the year. No, no big deal or anything. That's quite a, quite an honor to just walk into. No doubt about that. Had to be a pretty exciting moment for her, for teammates, for coaches, you know, in the Mercy community. But you know, just overall great stuff and a well-deserved honor, no doubt about that. Well, number two kind of highlights all of AA basketball, just how crazy it's going to be. Kind of like, parody. you know, a lot of the teams in the Central Division kind of battle it out and duke it out to the end for that, you know, 2-3-4 spot. You see Divine Child beat Loyola 62-57, and then Lutheran North turn on and beat Divine Child 65-63. That's a Mustang squad that's undefeated, 9-0. and we, we talked about Lutheran North before here on the podcast that – very talented, and we were going to be very interested to see what they do once they get into league play. And here they are. They go out, they beat Divine Child, and now you're seeing the double A looking like, hey, there could end up being a tie. Are we going to have to count points? Are we going to have to – Yeah, how, how? what extent is this going to go to to determine who wins the regular season double A title and how they get seeded for the Catholic League tournament? So – uh, exciting stuff and just a lot of good basketball. That's a good Loyola team. Uh, it's a good Lutheran North team. And obviously Divine Child's a very good team as well, you know, as they've all played against each other. So good balance of talent, good balance of style of play, and overall just good quality basketball coming out of the AA. And another thing to keep in mind with that, in the Catholic League tournament, you know, it's the A-B Tournament, right? So right. the AA schools play against the Central Division schools. That's going to make for some really good games. And in the past, 
There are some matchups that are closer than others, but you might see really good games across the board, which is really exciting. Yeah, on paper coming into the year two, you're like, oh boy, you know, as a, a, a B division team, if you will, or a you know a class B school. Yeah, absolutely. You come into the year and say, wow, this is not the year we want to come up and play a central division team. Even looking at some of the results, maybe that we've faced going back a couple years, but you know, you show that you're you know just as good record wise, and you beat just as good opponents, and all of a sudden maybe you're the underdog, but maybe you're not feeling like the underdog and have a lot more confidence than you know you would in past years. Yeah, no doubt about that. So. Makes for an exciting time. So we'll have to keep an eye on that situation. But you know, Jeremy, we talk about top highlights. I want to go back to a a better weather time. Let's look <laughs> ahead to spring. Orchard Lake St. Mary's baseball ranked 18th nationally uh, in the college baseball newspaper. So Orchard Lake coming in off a state title, a team that was just fantastic really through Majority of the season, they kind of started off middle of the road, and then they picked it up and just never looked back. Ranked 18th nationally, they bring a lot of talent back, and the expectations are very high for those eaglets uh, once uh, springtime comes around here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you see all the attention that Orchard Lake St. Mary's is getting right now. We kind of already hinted on it last time we brought up baseball, but basketball, you know, on top of the the Michigan world right now, if you will, and, and the even maybe getting some national attention as all these Division uh-huh. One players, you know, start to perform and continue to build upon a great season and individually what the, some of those guys are doing. You just look at Lauren Bowman's numbers and your eyes pop. But overall, I mean, it's a really intriguing program as well for Orchard Lake St. Mary's baseball as you look at even the last few years and what Coach Petrie has been able to build. And as we continue to kind of unpack that and, and get to know the team a little bit better, I'm excited to talk about them come spring. No doubt. How exciting does that have to be at Orchard Lake St. Mary's right now? You think about it, your football team had a, a nice bounce back season, and then your basketball team looks like they can compete for possibly win Class A state championship. Now your baseball team, defending champs, high expectations to make a run, just Overall, it's got to be a thrilling time athletically and just with everything, but especially athletically over at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Well, no doubt about it. You know, kind of transitioning from one basketball program to the next in terms of good players and good family members as well. Let's talk about the Blairs. How about Riley Blair? She's a Divine Child graduate. She has, well, has a brother playing college basketball, and Quinn Blair was a really good football player with all those Division One guys on that uh, team a couple years ago with Theo Day and uh, Aiden Hutchinson. But Riley Blair just surpassed 1,000 points uh, for Ferris State University women's basketball. So congratulations to her. That's a, a really nice athletic family. Yeah, absolutely. And crossing that 1,000-point mark is not an easy thing to do. That's consistency. There are scorers that can score in high volumes. There are scorers that can have a night, if you will, right? And there's players that, oh, they might get 25, they might get 7. But when you cross that 1,000-point mark, high school or college, that means you are consistently providing scoring for your team. And you're typically an efficient scorer if you're doing that as well. So congratulations to her. It's a very, very strong feat. And to do it at a school like Ferris State, playing against good talent, probably playing with a lot of great talent, that's a very impressive thing to do. And have we seen a better Divine Child football team in the last you know, 10 years 
looking back to that one, you, you kind of look back and think, wow, you know, some of those guys they had on that team, it, it yep. was fun to watch. Well, and, and especially seeing the way some of them, including like Aiden Hutchinson, are playing in college. They got to that Division Three semifinal, ran into just a really good eventual state champion, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. But you're right, very, very talented football team there. And they had quite a nice run, no doubt about that. Um, moving on to our, our final highlight here in this opening segment, Andy Wiedenbach, the former Cranbrook head coach, is the 2020 recipient of the Mariucci Award, 26-year head coach at Cranbrook, a 504-187-47 overall record. You know, it's good for about 71% of your games finding a way to win. Um, 10 state titles, retired last March, a fantastic career, and very deserving of the Mariucci Award. Yeah, no doubt about it. Just kind of a little bit more about that award. It honors a, a secondary school coach who best exemplifies the spirit, dedication, and enthusiasm of the quote-unquote godfather of U.S. hockey. So that's uh, quite the honor for uh, somebody that certainly deserves it and took a lot of championships to Cranbrook as they look to kind of rebuild uh, that legacy to the Cranes. So something also kind of special as we transition to the middle of our podcast, I guess, Brendan, Alliance Catholic Credit Union. We talked about it on our Catholic High School League football game of the week quite a bit on the Patriot, but uh, they were able to put together yet another scholarship contest, and the winners are in, aren't they? Yeah, Jeremy. Yes, they are. Alliance Catholic Credit Union does a real nice job giving out different scholarships to students. This was their fourth annual Live It, Show It, Share It scholarship contest. Uh, They opened it up to elementary school students that are going to plan on going to a Catholic high school. They also open it up to high school students as well. Um, So several just, actually, yeah, several great winners. Um, The grand prize is $6,000. There's a $6,000, a $4,500, a $2,500. Those are for the top three placements. And then they also give out $6,000 scholarships to finalists as well. So $20,000 given out by Alliance Catholic Credit Union. It's just a way that they show their commitment to Catholic schools, Catholic high school students, Catholic grade school students, uh, and just continuing the value of Catholic education. And uh, it kind of builds off of, if you listened to the podcast last week uh, with Kevin Kieski, uh, the superintendent of Catholic schools, and we just talked about you know how do you keep Catholic schools alive? How do you keep kids going to these schools? Well, it's people like Alliance Catholic Credit Union and those opportunities and those scholarships that encourage, promote, and continue on the the value of Catholic education. So we appreciate Alliance for their continued commitment to Catholic schools, and congratulations to all of those winners of the Live It, Show It, Share It scholarship contest. Yeah, something a little bit different each year in terms of what they do, so we look forward to that fifth annual, which I'm sure they'll uh, do next year. No doubt about that. Well, now time for some history. It's Since 1926 with Steve Wedrock. Steve? For this moment in Catholic League history, we turn to baseball and the 2007 Brother Rice Warriors, led by shortstop and pitcher DJ LeMayhew. At the end of the 2007 season, Three Central Division teams finished with identical 17-7 records. Orchard Lake St. Mary Prep, Dearborn Divine Child, and Brother Rice. In the AB Division semifinal, Brother Rice defeated Divine Child 8-1 to set up a matchup with St. Mary Prep. In the championship game played at Comerica Park on May 30th, 
The Warriors defeated the Eaglets 12-2 behind an excellent starting pitching performance by sophomore Chase Ritarchik. Along with teammates Matt Conway and Andy Lentz, LeMahieu was named to the 2007 All-Catholic team, a recognition he also received in 2005 and 2006. After his senior season, LeMahieu was drafted in the 41st round by the Detroit Tigers. He chose to go to college and attended Louisiana State University, where he helped propel the Tigers to the 2009 National Championship in his sophomore season. In 2009, LeMahieu was drafted in the second round of the MLB draft by the Chicago Cubs. He was traded to the Colorado Rockies in 2011 and made his major league debut in 2012. DJ spent seven seasons with the Rockies before signing with the New York Yankees in 2019. So far in his major league career, LeMahieu has made three all-star teams, won three gold gloves, the 2016 National League batting title, and this past season won an American League Silver Slugger Award. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Welcome back to Inside CHSL. It's now guest time, and we have a, a really good one here today. It's a, it's a really good story because when you, it, you look at the last couple of years, you hear the uh, unfortunate uh, closing of, of Ladywood High School, but you also hear about where everybody else has landed, and one person that's landed in a, in a good situation and, and kind of made the most out of it is Lily McClafferty. Lily, thanks for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. Well, Lily's a, a couple sport athlete at the Academy of Sacred Heart now. She's kind of familiar with, you know, both sides of Ladywood, I guess, because Sal Malik is now also at Academy of the Sacred Heart. So she may be not experiencing Sal at Ladywood, but now experiencing, you know, the Sal of Academy of the Sacred Heart, which everybody has had to get used to over the last couple of years. But uh, Lily, I mean, we, we want to break this you know, hockey thing down in uh, Sacred Heart because it's it's something that you helped start. It's something that uh, Sal helped start, and it's something that a lot of people had a lot of hands in. This is the second year of the program. I want to, you know, take it back first before we dive into any specifics on the season or, or any of the other sports you play on how this got going. I mean, it was really a group effort to, to launch a brand new program like this, wasn't it? Yes, it definitely was. We had parents involved, multiple students, and Mr. Malik. We were all having meetings and talking on the phone and emailing back and forth, trying to figure out the, how many players we had, how many people we had interested, um, where we were going to practice, who was planning on giving us ice time, jerseys, practice jerseys, socks, equipment for the girls who didn't have equipment from Sacred Heart, and just getting it all together within a few months. You look at last year, and, and some of those girls have obviously graduated now, but there's still some on the team, including yourself. I mean, there was a lot of carryover from Ladywood, so how much did that help in terms of bonding together and, and maybe finding that common goal? Like, hey, well, look, we're going to start this program as not only you know the, the new school's legacy, but kind of carrying on our old schools into the new right now. Yeah, so last year we had almost all Ladywood girls on the team, which kind of was, we were hoping for more, more, a few more Sacred Heart girls, but I think it was a really great transition year because it allowed us to still keep our traditions and also start um, combining with Sacred Heart and really like getting the school to really realize, oh, we really want this team to work, so we're going to start getting a lot more players. And so it was really great to incorporate our traditions with the new Sacred Heart traditions because they have a lot of traditions that we had never heard of. And also we had so many because ice hockey was such a big sport at Ladywood. 
So it was really great to just be able to incorporate and add and take away some of the traditions that we did like or we weren't a huge fan of or we thought were super important to the program. So you were kind of uh, involved in, in two interesting things in terms of an end of a program and then obviously the beginning of the program. Just how much emotion goes into both of those? Obviously, you take yourself back and playing your last game at Ladywood, but also saying, hey, look, I helped start this program. This is our first game here at Sacred Heart. Yes, there's definitely, it was high emotion the whole, I'm always high emotion. Um, <laughs> the last, just even, not even the last game, but all of the last games at Ladywood, the we had a game like four days after they told us the news about Ladywood closing and it was against our rivals Mercy. So that was a huge game for us and there was so much emotion and we just put everything out on that ice and almost the entire school came and supported us and so that was just really an emotional um, time and that just carried us through the rest of the season and it was just we were always putting our hearts on the ice because we knew we had nothing else to lose and it was our last game so you have to put your heart on the ice. And then when that carried over to um, Sacred Heart, it was more like, okay, let's put our heart on the ice to show them that we deserve to have a team and that we deserve to be here and that kind of to prove yourself to Ladywood, like, okay, we still care about you, but, like, we're at a new place and we're still going to give 110% no matter what, even though we're at a new program and a new school. Absolutely. We're chatting here with uh, Lily McClafferty, a hockey player at Academy of the Sacred Heart, also just finishing up a volleyball season as well. What's it like to, to be a multi-sport athlete in the Catholic League, you think? Um, it's not difficult until the two seasons begin to cross over because like in the beginning, summer, I'm just focused on volleyball. And then when October starts to roll around, that's when hockey preseason starts. And so... I actually would go to hockey from 3.45 to 4.30 and then drive right back to volleyball from 5 until 7. So it was, it's difficult to balance that, but once the seasons are apart, it's just really nice to have the memories of both sports rather than just playing one sport. Absolutely. We kind of want to dive into, you know, the faith aspect because that's such an important part in the Catholic high school league. And we look like to do it with every guest here on inside CHSL as well. Talk to you beforehand and you kind of talked about how the team gathers together and, and prays together before every game, but you guys also have some intentions that you like to say as well. Yes. Yeah, so before every game, we say either the Our Father or Hail Mary or both. And then we're all standing in a circle, like arms around each other, and we all say our intentions for who we want to pray for us before each game. So we include people like Mitchell Kiefer, John Sanzik, who is a super big part in the Ladywood hockey team. Mm -hmm. We include um, Logan and Briggs Connolly. We include St. Christopher, St. Sebastian, who are both saints, patron saints of sports and hockey, and whoever else is ne we need in our prayers. You kind of talked about off air about how, you know, all the uncertainty behind Ladywood closing, but you, you thought that really God gave you a path to follow once, you know, the idea of Sacred Hearts came to be, right? Yes. Um, once our, one of the girls that was older than me, Adriana, once she really talked to Sal and found out that this could be an opportunity to start a program, my mom and I both thought that it was God, like, finally giving us a little path to where I was meant to be next because of everything that was happening. We 
were just so heartbroken and didn't know what to do. And then we just thought that was God just reassuring us. This is the right path, excuse me, path for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great stuff. And it's good to hear, you know, some of the different traditions that teams have in terms of coming together and, and praying before every game as well. Real quick, I want to talk about uh, Mylon Daniels. She's a, a goalie for you training in her first couple of years as a hockey player. How's she doing in that spot? She's doing awesome. She keeps us in our games sometimes. She, um, We have a goalie coach on and off that comes to practice, and she just really makes the most of it. And she didn't even know how to skate and she didn't have equipment. And now she, um, the other day we had like, mm, this is going to sound bad, but over like 70 shots on net and she only let like six in, which is amazing. This is her first year ever playing. That was probably her seventh game, excuse me. And she's just doing awesome. And I'm just so proud of her and to have her on the team is amazing. Well, that's certainly a story that we'll follow here on Inside CHSL as your season wraps up. Certainly best of luck as you finish not only your you know, high school hockey career, you've already wrapped up your volleyball career here in high school, but uh, as you hit the, the books and look to graduate as well in your senior year. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us here today. Good luck the rest of the season. We look forward to following you and Academy of the Sacred Heart as the year goes on. That's Lily McClafferty, fine guest here today. You know, and Jeremy, what a great story that is right there, you know, talking to Lily and how she had to transfer schools, which, of course, is not an easy thing to do. And Mm -hmm. the success she's been able to have, the transition, transferring period and having to go to a new school and, you know, meet new people. And, yes, she had several people she knew transfer with her, but you have to meet new people, new teachers, a new way that school goes, new coaches, just everything about it is different. It's, It's a transition. No doubt about it, but uh, a really great story and just a really great interview right there just to get a little insight of, you know, what her journey has been like being a Catholic League student athlete. And it must make it a little bit easier to, you know, have a, a sport to bond around, still have a lot of, you know, the the players and, and students that you saw from your previous school, at least when you're there as a, a junior still, and, and, you know, see those familiar faces and, and make it a little bit easier to, you know, kind of make that transition and, and take the sorrow away from it a little bit. No doubt about that. Absolutely. Well, not time for our things to watch this week. It's a mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We're going to start with boys hockey um, for a spot in the Catholic League finals and first place in the Cardinal division. Father Gabriel Richard and Cabrini. Facing off for, again, like I said, for, kind of for the marbles. It, the winner of that game will secure a spot in the championship game, and they will also then, by default, claim first place of the division as well. So that's a big one, that game you know, happening on Wednesday. So we'll be able to talk about the result of that next week here on the podcast. Absolutely. The Palm Championships, they were moved to this Thursday, which is tomorrow, which is a day later, as you (laughs) maybe listen to this, or a couple days. Um, So we'll have results on that uh, next week, but Lutheran North trying to uh, repeat once again, and Divine Child looking to to stay on top as well. Well, and it being at Divine Child should make it interesting. Of course, Lutheran North winning the Cardinal Division last year, Divine Child winning the Bishop Division. Uh, interesting with Mercy as well. They're one, they're like the only school. They have a, a palm squad. They also have a dance team, and then they have to kind of combine the two a little bit while they compete. So adds an interesting element there as well. But uh, so that event Thursday, Divine Child. So 
Uh, we'll be able to give you the winners and talk a little bit more about that next week. Uh, happening next week, um, something to watch for, but we'll have the results because the ski championships are on Monday. Um, so we will be able to get into those as well. Between now and the next podcast release, there will be seven different championships. This That's, is kind of the calm before the storm. Right. Absolutely. You it's, know, because then you get through, you get through this first wave and then the month of February will quickly go by. And then you have the basketball championships. All of a sudden you're into state playoffs and different schools you know, that are bound to make runs, hockey, bound to make runs in basketball. So overall, really interesting stuff. And I wanted to add as well, earlier in the highlights, we talked about the AA and kind of the parity within the league and how good it is. The Central Division's looking like they're going to have – Kind of a, a an interesting run as well. Orchard Lake St. Mary's went 4-0 through the first round of the league. But I want to note U of D, Brother Ice, and De La Salle all gave St. Mary's a game. Mm-hmm. Could something happen the second time through that one or multiple of those schools are able to find a way to beat Orchard Lake St. Mary's? Possible. That's number one. Number two, those same three schools of U of D, Brother Ice, De La Salle, are all two and two through league play, and they've beat up on each other. So it's going to make for really interesting scenarios when it comes to Catholic League playoffs and seeding. And, of course, there's Catholic Central. Uh, and Catholic Central, a young team, graduated a lot of seniors, so they're a little bit more of a retooling, rebuilding year, if you will. But let's say they played some competitive games as well. You think to the one at U of D, for instance, that was just a one-point game. That's a team that is going to have to win some league games early the second time through if they want to make the Catholic League playoff, but certainly capable as well. So the Central Division is going to be interesting to watch, and I think St. Mary's will secure their spot at the top, but second, third, fourth, that seeding is going to get interesting. Well, it's almost like when you're in both the the AA and the Central Division, you're kind of watching both standings because it's it's almost like a combined effort in, in terms of because you know those double A teams are are coming over to to play the Central Division teams as well. So that makes it a whole lot more interesting. And given how talented some of those double A teams, like we talked about earlier, are, I mean that's that's the intriguing aspect of that as well. Well, and then there's also Gabriel Richard Riverview. Speaking of boys basketball, um, in the intersectional one, they're undefeated, right? Looking to play in the Cardinal Championship, so. You know, they were the ones that moved up, right? We talked about them last week. Both them and Cardinal Mooney moved up, and they both had been finding success, but Richard still undefeated, still playing good basketball. Uh, and, and that's another school that when you talk about making a run, not only in the Catholic League, but then beyond through the state tournament, that's another team to keep an eye on. So, uh, you know, kind of a look into boys' basketball. And I know we've talked a lot about girls' basketball as well, but. You know, Shrine and Bishop Foley both seem to be having great years. And, of course, that those two teams met once. The only time this year where Shrine won in overtime, but that's early. So that's a typical playoff matchup. They could see each other again in the state tournament, maybe in the Catholic League tournament. So uh, just overall really good stuff going here across the Catholic League in a multitude of sports. And it's exciting to, to kind of get this first wave of tournament action and then look towards the, the second wave, I guess, as uh, – it, it starts to come to fruition in the next couple months here. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
you know, and I know Jeremy always gives the plug, but I just want to mention again too, don't forget to subscribe, mm-hmm. like, rate, review the podcast. Let us know what you're thinking. You can tweet at us at inside underscore CHSL. You know, hit that subscribe button. That's the way this way it just shows up your computer or your phone, your email, whatever. Sure. Right when right when we release it. You don't gotta worry about searching for it, waiting for a tweet. It's just right there for you. Click the subscribe button. Um but let us know what you're thinking. Let us know about different storylines. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about different schools, different athletes, different spotlights we can do. So um, continue to spread the good word and, and promote educational athletics. That's what we're here doing, and, and it takes a team effort, no doubt about that. Well, thanks to the Archdiocese of Detroit Communications Department, Ron Pangborn, Alex Westfall, Steve Wedrock, Mike Evoy, everybody involved with putting this together here today. Going to be here next week? I'll be here next week, <laughs> barring this cough and cold, and you know, hopefully it's uh, it, it goes away by then. All right, let's bank it. He's Brendan Johnson. I'm Jeremy Meadow. We'll see you then. Hey.